It's time to get informed, America. Today we're talking how Fed Chair Jay Powell dashed market hopes of a V-shaped recovery. We're also talking about what will police reform look like. And on the topic of statues and monuments, why are our local leaders cowering to the mob? All that and much, much more. You're listening to Get Informed America, the only true unfiltered show that's fighting fake news and finding common ground. Now, here's your hosts, Dave Oakenquist and Rodney Johnson. Hello and welcome to Get Informed America, the show that breaks through the mainstream media box to bring you real smart news. Hi, I'm Dave Oakenquist and joining me is the Sultan of Sanity, the Wizard of Wit, and the smartest man I know, Mr. Rodney Johnson, the editor of InformedAmerican.com. Rodney, welcome. Good morning, Dave. <laughs> kind of an exuberant welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, I want to bestow these titles upon you. And uh, <laughs> I think I'll those are pretty em. good. <laughs> Last week, we were, you were the breaker of chains and, or something. So, But uh, <laughs> so these two mates might stick. Cause, uh, <laughs> anyways. Uh, Ronnie, how has your week been? And uh, are you excited to, uh, to go over some of the, some of the main highlights in, uh, in culture and politics and uh, the bull crap of the world? <laughs> uh, week's been good. It's been busy. Uh, you know, we're getting this summer. We're seeing things reopen around the nation. And so kind of watching that, watching the virus, uh, you know, uh, infections rise uh, along yeah. with hospitalizations in some areas. So, yeah, it's it's a crazy world out there. And of course, the protests and the thing going on now in Seattle, it's uh, it's an interesting world. It's definitely the Chinese proverb or rather the curse. May you live in interesting times. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> I want to go back to boring. Yep. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, things opening up, I got a, a government-sanctioned haircut, Rodney. Uh, nice, yeah. nice, high and tight, as they say. That's so. right. Well, I had the, I had the wife cut cut the hair uh, about a month or two ago, and uh, she she did she did a job. <laughs> so was, this is on record, for- Dave. So your your line is you appreciate it very much, and just. I, I, well, that's true. In fact, I did, uh, yeah. but it was I was happy to see my my guy. So, <laughs> anyways, Ronnie, if you're ready, uh, let's get into our main topics. And I think the, the thing to start with is is the economy, Rodney. We uh, we we saw the the markets. Of course, they tanked, you know, over from between February and late March, but have been coming back really, really strongly. Uh, in fact, the Nasdaq made an all time high, but. Our Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell was 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 uh, just came in, in in the nick of time to throw a wet blanket on all of our hopes of what they've been calling uh, the V-shaped recovery, which is when things tank really bad but just kind of come right back up. And you and I have been talking about this for a while, but uh, Jay Powell said, "Hold on, this is not going to happen." Uh, got a couple of figures here. He expects the economy to contract by six point five percent for the year, come back and grow next year, but also the unemployment rate, something you've harped on a couple times, Rodney. He he expects the unemployment rate to be 9.3% in 2020, 6.5% in 2021, and still 5.5% in 2022. And investors did not like this news. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they were expecting. I mean, it is going to be, it, it's never going to come back exactly, but uh, definitely spooked the markets and they puked up a lot of the gains that, they've, that they had recovered. So what do you think of all this, Rodney, and this wet blanket that Jared Powell threw on everything? Well, I mean, Jay Powell didn't throw a blanket. He just pointed out, hey, there's a blanket, right? I mean, <laughs> he, he didn't make it or anything. Right. And so it's something we've talked about. You know, the estimate of GDP for the second quarter is anywhere from down 35% to down 50%, which is a yeah. horrific number. 
And the markets were discounting all of this. Uh, people say it's forward-looking. They say it's whatever. You know what? It's flow. If pe more people are buying stocks than selling, the market goes up. And frankly, that's where a lot of people have their savings for retirement. They need it to go up. Mm -hmm. And so they see it start to come back and they just kind of pile into it. It's a momentum game. And so the markets became divorced from the economy. It can only go so far. Uh, Jay Powell's comments came out uh, just ahead of on Wednesday, ahead of initial jobless claims, claims again yesterday on Thursday, which were, you know, another one and a half million. And so the point is, there's still lots of people unemployed. Yeah. And the uh, GDP is not rising right now. You know, it's, it's coming back some. And by the way, this lurking COVID infection rate coming back has everybody going, wait a second, maybe we did open kind of a little too soon or we're not done with this. So we have to kind of slow down. And so it was all those things together. And uh, as you pointed out, the markets had come back. The S&P and NASDAQ were both positive for the year. The NASDAQ hitting new highs. And you have to ask yourself, should we be at new highs when GDP is supposed to be down almost 50% for the quarter and unemployment's going to be 10 for the year? Come right. on, that made no sense. <laughs> Didn't make a whole lot of sense. But although we did get, uh, we did get that positive, very positive jobs report um, from, for last month that came out last week, which of course, you know, didn't offset the, the, many, the 20 million. It was up two and a half million, I believe. But of course, you know, the month before was down like about 20 and a half million. So. Right. And so it's positive in as much as the unemployment rate went from 14.7 down to uh, 13.3, but it's still 13.3% unemployment and 30% higher than it was in the great financial crisis. So come on already, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe instead of the wet blanket, it was just a shot of reality. Uh, yeah. With the mar yeah. And maybe that we all needed, but what is, what, what, is, what is the implication of all of that uh, as we head into the election season and potentially uh, uh, more relief packages uh, from getting passed. You know, for, we saw that one package from the House that's sitting on the Senate's desk. Seemed like there might be, and we heard uh, earlier in the week from Se Secretary Treasury Mnuchin that he expects another round of stimulus checks to, to households and to support businesses. So is that something we could see uh, one more big package before we get into the election? Oh, we're definitely going to get another relief package because all the politicians need it, right? Yeah. Uh, the White House needs it because clearly we still have a bunch of issues and they can't be seen as uh, leaving people uh, out to dry, particularly when we get to the end of the uh, unemployment bonus checks on July 31st. We can expect some version of those to go forward, whether it's a continuation of those checks or, you know, there's various proposals out there, but something's going to happen because uh, the Democrats need to say, see, we're taking care of you and our hearts in the right place. And the Republicans can't be seen as the opposite. So it's going to happen. No, and, uh, and even any potentially squeamish Republicans, I think uh, Trump would definitely lean on, on them because as you point out, that will, that will buoy his, his reelection hopes if he could say, look, you know, it, it, we did something. We did two rounds, you know, and all this money for businesses and and uh, and, and these these ch it checks to individuals for households. So I think, yeah, that the political pressure will be high to do that. Right, but uh, and and it gets kind of wonky in here. But you have to remember some of what the Fed is talking about is holding interest rates at zero essentially mm -hmm. for two years. There wasn't a person in the group that did not think that interest rates would remain at zero both this year and next. And only two out of the fourteen saw them going up. Uh, in 2022. And so if they're holding rates near zero, and yet, you know, the, the, rate, the rate of inflation out there is positive, which it is, of course, you know, it's running about 1.2%, then what it means is your dollars are losing value. 
And so what, what they're essentially doing is sweeping value from savers to the government. That, that's what's going on. It's called financial repression. And it's going to continue. And so that, that's the big news in the economic world. Like I said, a little wonky, probably not worth going into. But if you, are, if you have money in a savings account or a CD, just understand you're going to get zero for yeah. years. And it's because yeah. of the Fed. Sorry, and, and that's why we all need the stock market to go up, right? Because that's basically it, our only that, hope. That is part of the driver is people turn around and go, well, my goodness, there's no really other liquid place to go, right? You're going to yeah. buy a rental home that could go down in value or you have to deal with all this stuff. I mean, it's um, choices are slim out there. Absolutely. Rodney, let's talk about defunding the police. This is something you've been reporting on uh, for over, over the last week, really since these demands have been coming out. You've written a number of articles on this topic. Um, there's something that came out uh, just on the, now th this was the demands of the crowd, essentially, that then politicians said, yeah, let's do it. And then they said, well, I don't know if I really want to do it <laughs> because uh, and they're trying to explain maybe or, or abolish the police, even that kind of language, uh, because the, the American people are not in favor of, you know, getting rid of all the cops with that thing that they'd like to see is some reform, uh, which we can get into. And then speaking of that, I have a uh, uh, a YouGov poll says, do you, the question here was, do you favor or oppose cutting funding for police departments? 25% in favor, 53% oppose. I also have the same question or similarly worded question from Rasmus, and they found just 25% favor uh, defunding the police. And when, uh, also a second question, which is interesting, uh, do, you do you think a police-free society is possible? 16%. And I think all those are, as you hinted at, maybe we can hit at later, is that uh, they may all be heading to Seattle. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the, what do you think, Rodney? J just maybe let's start generally about this idea of, well, do you support defunding the police? Is that even a reality? Will, uh, and will, what do you think about police reform? And will that reform include uh, maybe gutting some of these budgets or something like that? Or is it just a much bigger systemic problem? Uh, that's not as simple as saying, you know, cut their money. Yeah, I, I, I go backwards on that. I Defunding the police, starting with starving the beast is, is rarely a good idea. That's yeah. always been the idea with the federal government, right? Give it less money and it'll have to figure out how to live on less. Mm -hmm. It will. You just won't like what it looks like. And so if, if you take a police department and immediately cut its funding, then what's going to happen is the people who remain there are going to decide how to spend that remaining money. And chances are you won't like how they prioritize right. if you didn't like how they prioritized in the past. Uh, and so it starts with, let's see reform and let's start with it, with what appears to be, you know, on, on people's minds, which is how people are treated when they are approached by the police or how the police escalate use of force. Yeah. Now, I, I'm the first to look at numbers. And so Heather McDonald, uh, Ronald Fryer, some others have done really good work on this as to, as to how that actually happens numerically. And the press is clearly sensationalizing a lot of this. But you know, are you going to believe me or your lying eyes, right? I mean, go look at video of how people are treated in different instances. And George Floyd, of course, being, you know, the, the biggest example right this moment. Well, now are you talking, just if I could step in, are you, you mean uh, over, a, over, what are you saying here? What, what numbers? Are you talking about the number of people killed by police per yeah. year? Or yeah. The number of people killed, killed by police um, and, and the number of instances of them using lethal force and mm -hmm. the decline over a long period of time. And so the numbers are out there, but it doesn't mean that you stop working on this. Right. And so we should go find the best examples we can of what we can agree as society is a proper progression of use of force and then train it. And then say, hey, this should be the gold standard and let's do that. 
So before we talk about changing the funding, let's talk about what the funding is going to be used for. If that leads to less funding for some areas of police forces, great. I mean, why isn't that a good thing? It can put money toward other things in city budgets or, God forbid, lower taxes. That would be a wonderful thing. Uh, but let's start with what we want it to look like before we start talking about how we want to change the, the value going into it. Yeah, Ronnie, I want to bounce off an argument that I read. It just, it, I think it's basically not applicable, but it, was, it just made me think. Uh, someone said, uh, you know, far more people are killed by doctors and medical malpractice than are by police. Um, is that a valid? And there aren't, and there aren't any, any uh, mass protests about that. Is, that. That seems like an apples and oranges thing, doesn't it? Clearly apples and oranges. I, it's, <laughs> okay. you know, it's headline baiting there. Uh, yeah, okay. I put that out there because it, it, more people are killed in car accidents, but it's not like car accidents have the ability to pull a gun on me and demand that I do certain things. Right, exactly. And so it's, it's, it's really, yeah, let's go with not applicable. I agree. Okay. I just wanted to, just if there was an angle there that maybe you, because if you had seen that one and I don't know, anyway, so let's move on there. But what about the idea of, uh, of the police unions, you've written about this. I spoke about this with uh, with Zach and the BS Pod. That seems to be a, a one one good line of attack. Uh, particularly, there was a Wall Street Journal article who, who cited that uh, the Derek Chauvin, the one who's who's accused of second degree murder, uh, on George Floyd, had I believe a dozen complaints against him, uh, and one of the other officers had to settle a lawsuit. And as you mentioned, we go back to that part, that example of the Parkland shooting. One of the officers who, who wouldn't go inside, he was fired for cowardice and then got reinstated, but largely in, in thank you to the unions who fought for his job, which is fine. That's, your, that's, that's what they're supposed to do. They're there to support uh, their union members. But um, if not breaking up the unions, maybe at least reforming them uh, to something where, where the kind of protection that police get um, could be maybe, you know, breaking down a little bit. Yeah, I don't agree. I, I, um, so I don't think the job of the union is to protect everyone at all costs. I, I think that's a losing argument. The only, only person or group I know that holds that position would be an advocate, which would be a lawyer who you, whom you have hired to argue on your behalf to the best of their ability and the fullest of their knowledge. Mm -hmm. Not lying and cheating, but to the best of their ability, no matter what their personal opinion is. Um, and so I'm, I don't belong to a union. And so I, I could be wrong, right? Let's go, let's go there and acknowledge that. But I look at police unions and I think you are stronger when the public supports you as a union and what you do. And I would support them much more strongly if I believed they were, and forgive the term, policing some of their own mm -hmm. and looking at some of these people and going, you know, you shouldn't be a police officer. A dozen complaints is a problem. And so I, I just don't believe the argument that you support everyone at all costs, no matter what. Uh, it's, it, it then taints every supporting claim you have because I don't believe you're judicious in what you're doing. And so uh, I would love to see uh, union reform in a lot of cases, particularly when it's public service unions, because I think they're in a weird place uh, where they're not trading for the value of the other side, which is taxpayers. They're actually trading for the support of the politician who gets to approve or disapprove of what the union wants, which is- Right, it creates a perverse incentive, right? Exactly. Uh, but in police unions in particular, it's like, seriously, uh, start with policing your own and making some judicial calls on, you know, who should be part of your group and who shouldn't. Uh, there's going to be a push. Uh, Democrats have, have uh, vowed to come up with some legislation uh, by the end of the month, I believe. And uh, one of the rumored things is to essentially make a national standard or some sort of a, maybe a national police 
police force that essentially oversees local departments or, or, to, or to take the take the enforcement out of the hands of local uh, of local precincts and local departments and, and put them under some sort of a national standard. Do you see that coming down, coming down the pike? And uh, do you think this, do you have any opinion one way or the other, if that's a good or a bad thing? I think it's a hard thing. Um, I, I struggle with how it's going to be implemented um, practically because you run right into the 10th amendment. Uh, and so, you know, all power is not vested, you know, in the federal government here are left for the states. And so there is no policing power, no local policing power for the federal government. What they can do um, is enforce any breach of civil rights, right? Mm-hmm. Any breach of the amendment, or the, the Constitution and the amendments. And so that's kind of what's been going on with this qualified immunity and saying, hey, we're going to make it easier for people to claim and prove that their civil rights have been uh, breached by local police. Well, what is qualified police- immunity for those who don't know? Qualified immunity is basically uh, any government official who cannot be held liable uh, for acts committed while pursuing their job, you know, except for in very, very small cases. And one of the bad things about uh, qualified immunity is uh, in a Supreme Court ruling years ago, and I don't remember the citation, they said, hey, if the facts aren't really close to what, uh, if the facts of a precedent are not really close to what we're arguing here, this is going to be tough. And what that means is, if this has never happened before, we're not going to say it's okay here either, which means you can never have a new version of it, which is, it, it just, the whole thing is just crazy, and yeah. it should go away. And it protects civil servants in many instances, not just police. And so I, I am a, a detractor of that. I, I think that should go away um, in large part. But anyway, my point is, I think that there are some things that the federal government can do, but it's really all about rights and what happens later proactively having a force that oversees a force on the ground, that's going to be very difficult. And I think you're going to see pushback because once again, it's treating everybody the same as if the police force in, you know, nowhere, Texas is the same as the police force in Dallas or, you know, the one in Nebraska is the same as the one in New York. They just have different needs and different groups that they serve. So. Yeah, I agree 100%. Ronnie, I always like to point out our elite hypocrisy. So uh, before we move on to our next topic, I want to do a little insertion here because you mentioned a little bit earlier the idea of uh, COVID coming back a little bit. We're hearing potential reports of a second wave. And uh, it's really a lot of it's been, uh, you know, did we open up too soon? Uh, Of Mm -hmm. course, we had mass protesting, um, which the our our, our elite uh, our leaders they had a really hard time um, putting that <laughs> round peg in the square hole. <laughs> About to explain this, and here's a good example of this: we have uh, Rep. Val Demings, a Democrat, not just any Democrat. She was actually a. Um, the House, uh, one of the House impeachment managers, uh, she says on June 3rd, we have a chance to make real change now. Persons of all age, colors and backgrounds are taking to the streets to express their displeasure and send a message that enough is enough. And then two days ago, uh, I joined a healing and hope rally last night, rally last night to speak with our community as America grieves. And then just yesterday, Rodney, unfortunately, Florida's experiencing a new surge in COVID-19 cases. I heard you to do everything you can to protect yourself and your neighbors, wear a mask, limit gatherings. And then following up, the president's plan to hold mass rallies in Florida and elsewhere as we experience a resurgence in COVID cases is irresponsible and selfish. What do you think of that stance, Rodney? <laughs> They're going to try this, aren't they? Well, I mean, it's it's not try, right? And and it's the same old thing of, you know, whatever 
your priorities are. They're clearly the ones that everybody should adhere to and yeah. other priorities are secondary. And so unfortunately it's, it's the same game and it makes, it makes people look at you and think the other things you say are now tainted because you do this, right? Yes. You tell me that people should go out in this one instance which is clearly an important thing to do. I get that. Uh, mm -hmm. But in this other instance, which is clearly important, you know, people want mm -hmm. to go exercise their right for who's going to be the president and lead and be the next leader of the United States of America right. is less important. And so it's like, hmm, you would think those two particular things are tied together in some way, shape or form. But what do I know? Do you think the virus uh, thinks deems one more more important than the other or uh, is, it, is it an equal treatment? Now look at you, race baiting, uh, you know, baiting there with headlines. Uh, <laughs> clearly, clearly, the virus doesn't care. Um, I, I'm interested. I, I am interested to see where the hotspots come from because we are seeing rising cases in Texas, yeah, and Arizona, and some other places. And so, where where did they come from? And I haven't seen that yet. I, I assume the data is either out there or coming quickly to let us know. Uh, is it coming from protests? Is it coming from businesses? Is it coming from uh, vacation spots? Is it coming from the beach? Um, I don't know. I, I, would, I would be interested to see that. Yeah, same here. And let's just hope, uh, regardless of, of, of how it happened, that, uh, that the numbers are small. Because um, okay. even though, despite this, you know, we don't want anybody getting sick for any reason. Uh, so, I don't, uh, but I'll tell you, I, I, in a weird way, and this is a, a positive thing, um, so the protests appear to be drawing more young people. Uh, which, of course, would make sense. Yeah. And if that's the case, if there is some spread of COVID in that group, it actually could be positive in that they tend to be asymptomatic mm -hmm. and it would actually improve herd immunity. And so um, I, would be, I would be hopeful that if people were testing positive but did not have symptoms and were not ill, I don't want anybody ill and suffering. Right. But I would love to see us as a society move closer toward herd immunity so that we could knock this virus down before we get to a big second wave in the fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great point, Rodney. All right, Brian, I want to bring you something, bring up uh, the article, an article you wrote in informedamerican.com. As we've seen, uh, a lot of people, the protests are still going on, and uh, many of them have been taking to uh, monuments, uh, various cities, various statues of, uh, of figures that are uh, either offensive to them or, uh, or, or, not, or not necessarily always good people. They've been pulling these statues down. One of them, one of the targets, Rodney, has been Christopher Columbus. And uh, the title of this article said, did they get the wrong statue? Richmond protesters throw Columbus statue in the lake. And uh, you're saying that might not have been their target. So let's uh, tell me what, what the heck happened here in Richmond, Rodney. Yeah, so Richmond's uh, kind of an interesting case and in it has a big statue of Robert E. Lee. And Governor Northam of Virginia um, passed a motion, got a motion passed in the state legislature to remove that statue. And so you would think that in Richmond they were pulling down Civil War statues. Uh, but no, this group pulled down Christopher Columbus and threw it in a lake. Yeah. Uh, turns out they were protesting or holding a rally, whatever they called it, to honor indigenous people, which most of us think of as Native Americans or Native Indians or whatever you want to call them. Uh, and so they kind of had the right person. And so they, they did have the right person that they thought was uh, uh, their point of anger. And so is what it is. I've, I've always been in the mind that if they're your statues, when I say yours, I mean your city, your county, your state, whatever, vote as to what you want to do with them. And if you want to remove them, it's clearly your right to do that. Right. And so, uh, you know, the state of Virginia elected the legislature, elected the governor, and, and they are moving to take down Lee. They get to do what they want to do. I'm not about protesters doing it in the dead of night. That still sounds like vandalism to me, and I am not a fan.
Now uh, they did get they did get Columbus and Mi- Minneapolis as well, uh, and I, I don't believe there was anything. Uh, so yeah, I, and I I do agree though. Yeah, I think this should go the proper channels. Uh, it's not not just letting you know whatever it's, it literally becomes mob rule. Um, right. Something else going on, Rodney. I don't know if uh, if you have an opinion on this, but I'm just going to ask you uh, something that this has been going on uh, basically uh, looking at maybe offensive material. This is not the first time it's happened, but there was a story that HBO had pulled Gone with the Wind from its streaming service. Um, I've never seen the movie, so I, don't, I, I can't really speak to I, I, the allegations that it glorifies uh, pre-war South. Um, I just haven't seen the movie. Uh, do, you have a, do you have an opinion on that? And in terms of if you want to call it a, a cancel culture uh, kind of a thing, do you think this was a smart move or, or any opinion? Oh, it's cancel culture. There's no question. I mean, you're having people sit around and say this, this piece of literary history in the United States, which has been clearly enjoyed by millions of people. And Margaret Mitchell, who wrote the book, she only wrote one book, but she wrote mm-hmm. one heck of a great book, apparently. Um, I, I must admit, I've seen parts of the movie because, uh, you know, as a kid growing up, it was on television. It seemed like once a year. Okay. Uh, so it was done in 1939. Um, but I got bored of it. I mean, I think of it as, you know, a chick flick. I, I think of it as, <laughs> it's a love story. And, you know, that's me personally, how I looked at it. I, I understand their point um, because the pieces of it that I remember, it was this, you know, caring relationship, you know, with the slaves as if the slaves were happy to be there and part of this loving family. Um, and, and I get that characterization. Yeah. It's probably not correct. Um, but as far as getting rid of it, I, I think that's useless. Uh, people get to choose what they watch on HBO Max, right? Mm-hmm. And so if they're not tuning in to Gone with the Wind, if they choose they don't want to watch it anymore, drop it because it's not popular. But dropping it because you think you get to be the arbiter of you know, American literary and cinematic history, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, good point. Uh, on, these, on this statue and monument uh, thing still, they have, uh, there's a petition to remove uh, a Thomas Jefferson statue at the University of Missouri, but uh, at, least they're trying, at least they're not going to rip it down first. They're going to go through some sort of a process. Uh, a couple of things. Another one here, this was a, uh, in Philadelphia. The, the, there's a statue of abolitionist Matthias Baldwin that was defaced. You would, so I, also, there's another one. I don't know if you've ever been to Boston, but there's a, there's a monument for the 54th Regiment, which was an all-black regiment. Uh, maybe if you've seen the movie Glory, it's depicted there. They defaced that monument. Uh, so it seems like it's just, I mean, I, I certainly maybe, you know, they going after Columbus, I get it. He's a big target, Robert E. Lee, that makes sense. But it does seem to just be blanket, on, on the other hand, just blanket mob, whatever. I just, they just see a target and I'm just going to either spray paint it, rip it down, even if I don't know who the person is or what they did. Right. And so, so, you know, for me, the trouble is starting with they, because they is not everyone. The person who was part of defacing the 54th Regiment in Boston is not the same person who threw Columbus in the lake in Richmond, Virginia. Right. I hope not. That's a lot of travel. Um, well, you never know. But yeah, but that's why I look at this and I think, look, if you are defacing, you know, destroying, removing a monument in the middle of the night or the middle of the day with a tow rope and a mask, you are not in the right place and you should be arrested for that and charged with vandalism, destruction of property and all those other things. If you want to get rid of these, there is a way to do it. And it's really pretty straightforward. Your city council, your government entity can take uh, uh, part of that. And chances are they're pretty receptive right now. And so that would, that would separate, you know, the people who are doing this because they believe there's a social reason and the people who are doing it just because there are a bunch of thugs and vandals out there to you right. know, destroy anything they can find. 
Well, I mean, isn't it up to the isn't it up to the local departments to make sure this stuff doesn't happen? Um, I, I don't know what. I, but separating those two in the midst of protests of thousands of people gets a little bit harder. And so, uh, yeah, that's it's a hard job, right? But hey, let's defund it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, the, uh, the, the solution in London uh, for Winston Churchill, that's been, that's been swirling for a couple of days of pulling down Churchill, which is essentially the national hero of, uh, of England, at least, or the United Kingdom. Uh, the, the solution here is to put a large box around the statues. What do you think of that, that, that technique? I guess it's better than, you know, ringing it with an electric fence. Um, but <laughs> Is it? <laughs> it's, it it's, it's, you know, it's a conversation. And, you know, Cecil Rhodes of the Rhodes Scholar is, is a noted, uh, you know, person who's going to have a statue taken down. Uh, Thomas Jefferson started the University of Virginia, you know, mm-hmm. got a big statue there. And so you're going you're gonna to see a lot of these things happen. And, and uh, I, I guess I don't, I'm not about going backward through history to see, you know, previous things that we can look at and make them a point of anger. I'm more about going forward and saying, let's figure out what we can do from here to make this great. Um, But like I said, local people get to vote. That's the way it should be. The rest of it's just vandalism to me. Rodney, it's not just uh, holding, holding uh, people who live in a different time to modern morality. It's holding them to modern morality at June 12th at, you know, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, because on June 13th, uh, we could have a new morality, and June 12th morality is, is seen as disgusting and horrible and needs to be destroyed. So I, I think that's sort of the issue. Um, that, and I'm going to leave you with this, with this quote from 1984. I read it as a kid. I didn't understand it, and now I'm understanding it more. There's one that stuck out to me. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book has been rewritten. Every statue and street and building has been renamed. Every date has altered. And in that process is continuing day by day. History has stopped. Any significance there, or am I, or am I fishing <laughs> too big pond? Well, it, I don't think it's fishing. I think we're, we're, I think we're trying to understand and better wrap our heads around, you know, this. Because, you know, a lot of these monuments and other things, they weren't put up at the time that the person, you know, was doing whatever was glorified. You right. know, Columbus cl- clearly uh, discovering the New World, or getting close anyway. He ended up in the Caribbean. Uh, but discovering it from the point of Europe, you know, you go read 1491, there was a whole bunch of stuff going over here when people waved at him from the shore when he showed up. It's not like, you know, there was nobody <laughs> around and nothing had ever happened. <laughs> right. and, uh, you know, slavery didn't start in the U.S. I mean, I, it, it, it had been going on, I guess, since, you know, people roamed the earth and somebody was stronger than somebody else. And apparently uh, continues depending on where you go in the world. It does. It does. Uh, but uh, anyway, the point is, you want to come to reconciliation with your history and have everybody in your population say, look, I, I think I've got a fair shot at going forward from here. Um, but again, you know, reaching backward and, and revising by removing seems like a really bad idea because now you're erasing history. So you can't remember it so that you don't repeat it. You, you kind of took it out. Yeah. And so um, anyway, it seems like a bad idea. Yeah, great point, Rodney. Uh, it's some, not that we need to have a statue of every bad person in the world, but if we if we pretend these, if we if we cover our eyes and plug our ears and pretend these things don't exist, that doesn't help. Absolutely. And before we get out of here, Rodney, you mentioned this thing, so I will bring it up. Uh, uh, the, the situation going on in Seattle, the Capitol yeah. Hill Autonomous Zone, or CHAZ, as they've been calling it. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on the, on the goings on here. Uh, is, is, is this a potential model for the rest of the country? I, I love Chess, which is, you know, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, this group of protesters armed, by the way, because uh, 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 
with walls also, by the way. Walls, yeah, yeah, but it's legal <laughs> to uh, carry weapons in Washington State, and so a lot of them do have them. Yeah. Uh, and the police uh, backed up. And so they put a sign up that said, you're now leaving the United States and entering this, you know, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, which yeah. they call Chess. And I love it because I want them to be autonomous. Um, and so I want them to figure out how they're going to deal with their trash and how they're going to get food. And I think electricity. Exactly. Cut off the electricity. And so let's see how this works out because mm -hmm. running anything from a small city to a nation is difficult and takes some, a lot of administration and coordination. And I'm not sure that exists there. <laughs> and uh, to prove the point, they did send out a call for more food because they had invited the homeless to be part of their group. And apparently they ate all the food. And so <laughs> they asked for a replacement of plant-based vegan meat substitute <laughs> and soy and oats <laughs> and things. Uh, but the city did drop off porta potties and dumpsters, which I thought, wait a second, this yeah. turns into international aid, and I'm not sure that's what you want to do because right. this, if this place is autonomous, they should be dealing with it themselves. So, anyway. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. It is uh, interesting to watch. Now, I'm not going to bore you with, uh, with my little rant here, but for all of you watching, I, I, I talked about this yesterday to our Facebook group. We also have the video. I, I covered this uh, and here on the YouTube channel. You can check that out. And uh, what I'll say is it, it, this is an interesting example because it reveals where power lies in the United States. That is my contention. Uh, so check out that video uh, if you want to hear what I had to say. Well, and but before we leave that topic, let's be clear. It was the city of Seattle that allowed this to happen and instructed yeah. the police department to pull back before anybody was hurt and say, look, just let it be. And so the police chief said, look, the, the public supports this. And I am a believer in their right to do it. I poke fun at them. But I'm poking fun at a city that I don't live in and don't pay taxes in. <laughs> so I have no claim on what they do. If this is how they want to proceed and they believe it moves them forward, go ahead, right? It's yours. Uh, and so, you know, as long as you're not abridging anybody's federal rights, then, you know, have at it. Uh, but that's that's what makes states different, right? I can't imagine that happening uh, in, you know, in my state uh, or yours. But again... I'm not asking anybody in Seattle to come down and make the rules in Texas either. So, right. Ronnie, bless your libertarian heart. <laughs> <laughs> local rule, local rule. Uh, Ronnie, I also want to thank you for coming on. I want you all to become informed Americans by subscribing to this channel. If you're enjoying this content, to hit the like button uh, and uh, comment on anything we've discussed today. Also, I want you to visit informedamerican.com and uh, as well as realhealthynews.com and uh, to get uh, all that content in your inbox every day. You just head over to those sites, put in your email, and uh, you'll get all great stories uh, in your inbox every single day. Ronnie, looking ahead to the next couple of days, what do you have? your eye on uh, in terms of politics, the markets, uh, what, that people can expect to get, uh, the kind of stories they might expect to get into their inbox uh, over the next few days? Well, I assume something's going to happen with this, you know, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, and that's going to be <laughs> kind of fun to watch as to what it is. Yeah. Um, I think the reform is coming, uh, as we talked about yeah. in Congress, and so we're going to get a couple of bills on what that might be in terms of some national standards for police, but not a, a national force uh, in any way, shape, or form. And then we do have the election. I mean, we kind of forget it, but uh, it is coming back. Uh, the discussion about the uh, Republican convention, or at least the big parts of it headed to Jacksonville. Yeah. And then it's going to be a question of Biden getting back on the national stage in a big way and starting to be more in front of the camera and getting more face time. I mean, clearly he was put aside in a sense of the, the COVID-19 took center stage. 
and then the protest, but he's going to get more time, and it'll be interesting to see what he says, and even his running mate. I don't know that he's going to announce it soon. I assume he's going to wait for the convention, uh, but that sort of uh, thing is going to heat up. Uh, do you see it? Do you see the comments from former uh, of former Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe that says Biden is is better off in the basement? Did you see? That? I did not. <laughs> well, I think I think most most strategists agree, but uh, Biden will have to get out there. Uh, and as we saw before, all this it's just amazing, Rodney. Uh, Trump comes off victorious off of impeachment. Biden looks like he can't get his story straight, and then it's sort of like we entered a time warp, and all and none of that even happened anymore because of the coronavirus and. Now the thing with the George Floyd. So uh, we were going to get into a real election season, I guess, right? I mean, it's June. We're yeah. gonna, it's, and then it's really in full swing by the conventions in August. So uh, yeah, certainly keep an eye on uh, as we get closer to that. And of course, the whole, maybe the controversy surrounding the Trump rallies. So Rodney, but, thank you so much. Oh, do you have a last thing? Uh, last thing. I mean, uh, the, the virus is awful and I'm, I wish it didn't happen, nor the uh, economic shutdown and certainly not the George Floyd uh, issue and all the protests. But we were saved from political ads. And <laughs> yeah, so, you know, there is the backside where we're not being beaten on the head every other second about, you know, the, the terribleness of the other side, whatever that is. Oh, yeah. And you remember the Bloomberg Blitz? Uh, I, still have, I still have shows on my DVR and I'm playing and it's like, Mayor Bloomberg is the right man for the country. Right. And it's like every other commercial break. I'm like, no, ah, I thought this was over. And you're in Florida. And so you're going to get this, you know, every other minute of the day uh, when it heats up until the election day absolutely brutal and not just in florida but in a swing uh, tri-county area so yeah bad bad stuff here for those who live on the along the i4 corridor <laughs> so. for rodney johnson i'm dave oakenquist telling you to get informed america you've been listening to get informed america brought to you by the informed american radio network Please like and subscribe today in order to get new exclusive weekly episodes. Any questions, thoughts, or comments can be sent directly to info at informedamerican.com. And don't forget to visit informedamerican.com to keep up with real, smart news. Until next time, fight fake news and find common ground.